0: Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the July 21st episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1601 through 1608 of the Catechism. Article 7 The Sacrament of Matrimony, 1601. The matrimonial covenant by which a man and a woman establish between themselves a partnership of the whole of life is by its nature ordered towards the good of the spouses and the procreation education of the offspring the covenant between baptized persons has been raised by christ the lord to the dignity of a sacrament one marriage and god's plan 1602 sacred scripture begins with the creation of man and woman in the image and likeness of god and concludes with the vision of the wedding feast of the lamb scripture speaks throughout of marriage and its mystery its institution and the meaning God has given it, its origin and its end, its various realisations throughout the history of salvation and the difficulties arising from sin and its renewal in the Lord in the new covenant of Christ and the Church. Marriage and the Order of Creation, 1603. The intimate community of life and love, which constitutes the marriage state, has been established by the Creator and endowed by Him with its own proper laws. God himself is the author of marriage. The vocation to marriage is written on the very nature of man and woman as they came from the hand of the creator. Marriage is not purely a human institution. Despite the many variations it may have have undergone through the centuries in different cultures, social structures and spiritual attitudes, these differences should not cause us to forget It's common and permanent characteristics, although the dignity of this institution is not transparent everywhere with the same clarity. Some sense of the greatness of the matrimonial union exists in all cultures. The well-being of the individual person, and of both human and Christian society, is closely bound up with the healthy state of conjugal and family life. 1604 God, who created man out of love, also calls him to love. A fundamental and innate vocation of every human being. For man is created in the image and likeness of God, who is himself love. Since God created him, man and woman, their mutual love becomes an image of the absolute and unfailing love with which God loves man. It is good, very good, in the Creator's eyes. And this love, which God blesses, is intended to be fruitful fruitful and to be realised in the common work of watching over creation. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. 1605 Holy Scripture affirms that man and woman were created for one another. It is not good that the man should be alone. The woman, flesh of his flesh, his equal, his nearest in all things, is given to him by God as a helpmate. She thus represents God from whom comes our help. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh, the Lord himself, that, the, that the signifies an unbreakable union of their two lives, by recalling what the plan of the Creator had been in the beginning. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Marriage under the regime of sin. 1606. Every man experiences evil around him and within himself. This experience makes itself felt in the relationship between man and woman. Their union has always been threatened by discord, a spirit of domination, infidelity, jealousy and conflicts that can escalate into hatred and separation. This disorder can manifest itself more or less accurately, more or less acutely, and can be more or less overcome according to the circumstances of cultures, eras and individuals, but it does not seem to have a universal character. 1607. According to faith, the disorder we notice so painfully does not stem from the nature of man and woman, nor from the nature of their relations, but from sin. As a break with God, the first sin had, for its first consequence, the rupture of the original communion between man and woman, Their relations were distorted by mutual recriminations. Their mutual attraction, the creator's own gift, changed into a relationship of dominion and lust, and the beautiful vocation of man and woman to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth was burdened by the pain of childbirth and the toil of work. 1608. Nevertheless, the order of creation persists, though seriously disturbed, to heal the wounds of sin, man and woman need the help of the grace that God in his infinite mercy never refuses them. Without his help, man and woman cannot achieve the union of their lives for which God creates them in the beginning. Okay, very well. So we move on to the, um, to the last of the sacraments that we're looking at in the Catechism. Again, um, as I said, they had to put them in some order the order that the sacraments are in is not um, set. It's just a uh, convenience that the catechism organised it in this, in this way. It could have organised them in a different order. Um, but um, here we're dealing with marriage, matrimony. I suppose marriage and matrimony are more or less the same word. I know in the recent liturgical texts in the United States, they decided to use matrimony for the sacrament and marriage for marriage in general. But I don't think that's a, a proper... Um, English distinction that we can we can hold. I suppose it's okay for whatever purposes they decided, but that it's not the way we use English. So marriage is a covenant, first of all, a treaty, a covenant, like the covenants of scripture, like the covenant, the new covenant, the covenant between God and man. This is what marriage is, and it's a union between a man and a woman. And again here, the whole problem of gender and, uh, and these things that are coming about, but the church has always taught that marriage is between a man and a woman. Homosexual relations were very prevalent. If anything, they were more prevalent in the Roman world into which the church was born. And yet the church never had a blessing for a homosexual union. Never said, oh, it's the same thing. Never said, just get any two people. Three men and a dog. That doesn't make a marriage. A marriage is between a man and a woman. And the church has always taught this. And again, as we saw with the priesthood, there are things that people might have difficulty accepting, but ultimately they go back to Christ. And marriage in particular goes back to the first page of the Bible, to the creation narrative, the creation of Adam and Eve, and that the church is not free to change this. And uh, something sometimes I have to tell to my students, what the Constitution of Ireland says is lovely, fantastic. We can change the Constitution, we can do whatever we want with the Constitution, but it doesn't change reality. You know, we can put through a constitutional amendment saying, I don't know, saying that the uh, that, that fishes, that dolphins are people, but they're not. We can put through a constitutional constitutional amendment saying that abortion is no problem and it's fantastic, but it's not. We can put through a constitutional amendment saying that marriage is between any two people, but it's not. Marriage is between a man and a woman. That you need to have a man and a woman who come together and will have in uh, in this bond between them, this perpetual bond, till death do them part, Will have um, will have an openness to life, a willingness to receive children. Will take care of these children, and the church says that this marriage marriage is something that has always existed in every culture, in every time, in every place, has always existed. But in for Christians, by the merits of their baptism, by the grace of their baptism, Christ raises this human institution and gives it the grace of a sacrament. So marriage always existed. That the pagan marriages that are out there, if two pagans, if two Hindus, if two Jews get married, again, it's something fantastic, it's something beautiful, it's something lovely, but it's not a sacrament. It's when two baptised people get married. And this, again, can cause some confusion, so that if a Catholic marries a Hindu, it's not a sacrament. It can be if they go through the the process properly, getting permission from the church and the church's blessing, it can be a a very beautiful marriage. It can be a marriage, but it's not a sacramental marriage. So anyway, this marriage is something that God, um, in his plan for humanity, decided upon. That is something that's central to humanity. That's why the church always fights to protect the family. That's something that really that we need for the good of humanity, we need for the good of the church, because the vast majority of people are called to marriage. That yes, some people are called to be priests, some people are called to be nuns, some people are called to be single Catholics in the world, but the vast majority of people are called to be married. And marriage is very much attacked today. Our culture doesn't, doesn't value it anymore, unfortunately. And it is very weak, I mean, in the world it's weak anyway, that, yes, it's something that comes from creation, but there are many times the sins, our sins can affect us and can weaken the goodness of creation. And that's why the Christians need to live a life of grace and to discover what Christian marriage is, which is to take the human institution and make it even better. But first of all, to strengthen it, because unfortunately in our world, uh, marriage is very weak. That um, although it's natural, although the... You know, although every human who's who's ever been created, in a sense, yearns for marriage, desires to get married, this is what everybody should want. In a sense, every normal human, pers- human being should see and desire marriage. And unfortunately, um, today, society has become so confused. And that's why we need to rediscover what marriage is. That's why we need to... Um, to entrust ourselves to God, who can give us strength to this marriage, who can have this beautiful vocation. He can give the Christians the courage to be married in the church, to be married seriously. Not just to be married in the world just to make me happy, but to see marriage really as a mission of the church, as the way that somebody is called to be an image of Christ as well, to mirror Christ in the world through marriage. So, anyway, we'll continue tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1609 through 1620. God bless.